Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, some of the most beautiful flowers are late bloomers. We talk to Dory Shafrir about her new memoir, Thanks for Waiting. Plus, Biz nailed Halloween. Woo! Woo! The kids are back in school. Woo! And I signed everybody up for flu shots this week, <laughs> which is making me feel like an extra genius because that means that hopefully, hopefully, hopefully when the shots come out for kids under 12, it's not going to interact with a flu shot because I've already had that for a month. So, you know, things are looking pretty good, all things considered. And uh, I am so grateful for this show and you guys are doing just the best job. Bye. I like to, no, look, yes, uh, kids have been back in school for a while. But to be honest, I know like this, this feels like this is a call coming late in the game. But I like to think that this call is not coming late in the game. And that like every day, parents are sticking their heads out of their car windows after drop off and yelling, wow, the kids are back in school. I still feel that way. I still a month and a half in, still feel the euphoria of, wow, the kids are back in school. Oh, yeah. And then I remember that at any moment that could change with the positive case. Or, you know, maybe you have little children. So just having half of your household back in school is a thing. But there's still a, whatever, wow. And also, good job getting you and your kids flu vaccines because now the vaccine has been approved. (laughs) Ellis is very mad. I've decided I signed Ellis up to get their first vaccine at towards the end of November based on the slots available to me. And yesterday I picked them up from school and they were like, why do I have to wait so long to get my vaccine? Everybody is getting their vaccine next week. Everybody. And I'm like, what a world we live in. But Ellis remembers the flu vaccine as being really, really painful. And so I do like the idea of spreading it out and going ahead and getting that flu shot so that you don't have like, you know, two sore arms or, you know, heaven forbid you <laughs> the kid has a reaction to the COVID one and they get sick for like a day or two on top of like, the flu shot. Uh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Good job. Spreading them out. Very good job. Speaking of good jobs, it's time to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Vaccine makers, I mean hot dog, thank you for taking the time to do the research and to do the trials to make sure that vaccines would be safe for kids between the ages of 5 and 11. And now, after all of your hard research and all of your hard like investigating and trials and trying things out and looking at the data, now it is available to us, and I appreciate you and it. And I want to go ahead and thank all the doctors and nurses and volunteers who are going to be sticking kids under 11. If you stick my kid, they will definitely get their money's worth. But I'm pretty sure the vaccine's free, so I'm really sorry. (laughs) Just no one's getting their money's worth. From the yelling and the paint peeling from the wall, from even the imminent threat of getting poked. So, Man, oh man, thank you. Thank you to all those people who are going to be out volunteering to help roll out those vaccines to the elementary school set. I like, I see you. I appreciate you. It's going to be a lot of work. 
And I just continue to appreciate everyone out there who is helping to try and stop the spread of misinformation and instead just show everybody that this can be safe and that this can be helpful to all of us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone in the medical profession for staying open (laughs) and not walking away, closing your doors. Same goes for you, teachers. Thank you for not leaving us and sticking around. I for sure see you, and you are amazing. And you know what? A special shout out to school counselors. We got, I mean, as, and it's not just school counselors. A lot of schools don't have school counselors. So the teachers and the administration have to take on that role of really helping so many kids readjust to stepping back into school. I know it's been a couple of months, but guys, two years essentially of not being in classrooms. I mean, I got like a seventh grader and their last time in a school building, they were in elementary school. And then it's just this leap to middle school. And like, that's a big two years that you kind of missed there in the old social development area around peers. And that's true for all ages. So thank you again to teachers and school counselors and nurses and and all of you who are working with our kids, helping them through it. We're entering the holiday season. It's a great time to say thank you to all of the different volunteers and services that are out there making sure that food scarcity is not something that has to be a concern during these times of year. Well, really ever. Let's all just remember that, you know, yay, food banks. Thank you for continuing to donate and volunteer to food banks. That is critical. And thank you to all those programs who organize Secret Santas and the Angel Christmas Tree. You sign up, you give gifts to a family that needs a little help this year. I love that stuff. Thank you for doing that. Uh, More thank yous every week right here on One Bad Mother. Speaking of holidays, Halloween has passed, and I got to tell you, I nailed it. And I'm not even going to start with the costume. I'm not even going to start with Sad Mom Witch. I'm going right to, at the school, I was the little coordinator for the school Halloween, which we got to have back live on campus, even though it was outside. It was a crazy big outdoor, like, creepy carnival maze. I had to figure out how to get, like, 400 people through this maze and follow COVID protocol, but I did it. I figured it out. And all the families were great. Nobody got whiny about having to sign up for a slot or stand in line or any of that. And it was fun. And then the next day was officially Halloween. And Stefan and I, for the first time in a very, very long time, did a Halloween thing. We were, I think I've mentioned this, we were going to do Jaws, Cavity Island instead of Amity Island. We had a big billboard that is you know shark attack but it's actually candy shark attack like from the from the movie I was chief Brody kids would come up and I would say thank goodness you're here there's been a shark spotted in the neighborhood there's been a shark spotted in this yard older kids it was just that quick come get your candy it's a candy shark and it will attack people who have candy and then Stefan would run out in this absurd Shark costume and be like, (laughs) and we had the Jaws theme song playing. Little kids, when the littles came, it would be like, oh my gosh, there's been a shark spotted. Can you help me find the shark? And Stefan would just be like roaming (laughs) behind me in the back. And then sometimes we'd be like, where? Behind me? I don't see him. What? That's just a tree. And then, oh, you were so brave. Here's some candy. Then Ellis wanted to do it. Because, oh, by the way, Raiden went out for trick-or-treating to a friend's house. They went with a posse, a gaggle, a gang of tweens at someone else's house and went trick-or-treating. And that was, the, that was a big first. So Ellis was like, I want to be Chief Brody. And we let Ellis. And Ellis was great at being Chief Brody, which was so nice it's just like no one had a meltdown everybody had a nice time it was great and it's something that has always been a thing that Stefan and I have had so much fun doing together and 
I can remember before kids, we we swore it would we would never let that fall to the wayside, and it really has been about eight years since we've been able to do something really without one of us always juggling a baby or a kid or a kid's crying or somebody has to go somewhere. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it it really felt like we were almost back, whatever back is, even if it felt like we were a little late to getting back, which I think ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about with our guest, Dori Shafrir, about her new memoir, Thanks for Waiting, The Joy and Weirdness of Being a Late Bloomer. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Dipsy. It's time to seek out pleasure in every area in your life, from how you start your mornings to how you wind down at night and everything in between. You deserve to enjoy it all. Look, Dipsy's Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories, which allows you to close your eyes and let yourself get lost in a world where only good things happen. I, I say, we take back Carline. What are you doing in Carline while you're waiting on those kids? I say that we allow Dipsy to help us grab our moments of pleasure where we can. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash badmother. That's 30 days of full access for free. When you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash badmother. Dipsystories.com slash badmother. This week, I am very excited to welcome back Dori Shafrir, who is a writer and podcaster. Her first novel, Startup, was published by Little Brown in 2017, and her memoir, Thanks for Waiting, The Joy and Weirdness of Being a Late Bloomer was published by Ballantine in June. She is the co-host of Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves, and of Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure, a podcast about navigating infertility and the IVF process. She has also written about culture, women's issues, parenting, media, and celebrity for publications including The Cut, Box, Romper, The New York Times, and Slate and was formerly an editor at BuzzFeed and Rolling Stone. She lives in Los Angeles, and you may remember her from way back in the before times in 2018 when she and her co-host Kate were on the podcast to talk about Forever 35. Welcome, Dory. Thank you so much. Gosh, (laughs) it was really 2018, wasn't it? It was 2018. I, I didn't even look for the episode number. I was going through my notes and I saw the date and I said, I don't want to know. I don't want to know what the number 2018 is now a long time ago. Yeah, it might as well have been 2005. It might as well have been 1992. Exactly. A great. A year, if you vaguely remember. Yeah, vaguely. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty cool. In 1992. Uh, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. It's so Thank nice you so to much. see you. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for having me back. Before we get into the memoir, I would like to ask you something that's probably changed since 2018. Mm-hmm. Who lives in your house? <laughs> I live there with my husband, our mm-hmm. dog, and our two-and-a-half-year-old son. Ah! <laughs> I, I I read a little of the book. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that was a journey. <laughs> That's pretty mildly. mildly? Mm-hmm. Mild- you know it's been a journey when you have enough to write a memoir. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like- exactly. No, I mean, I think in 2018, I was yeah. in a real, real down. Yeah. It was a real down moment for me <laughs> in terms of fertility stuff. Yeah. I was just like... This is this sucks, and this is never gonna work. Yeah. Um. So I ended up 
I I ended up, but I ended up getting pregnant. It must have been a few months later. Yeah, that so. was. Yeah, don't go back and listen to that one, guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I gotta. How are you doing with a two and a half year old in your house after? Wow, that you nailed that timing, didn't you? With the pandemic, I mean, you got some quality time in there with the baby. How? Yeah. How are How are you? <laughs> You know, it's so funny because my son wasn't even a year old when the pandemic started. He wasn't yeah. walking. He yeah. he was like 10 months old or he was 11 months old when the pandemic started. And now he's a he's like a real person. Yeah. He's a kid. He and, talks and has opinions. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, for me, who's 44, mm-hmm. like the pandemic Yes, it seems like a long time, but like in terms of the amount of time relative right. to the rest of my life, it's like not, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not right. a different person. Yeah. And my son is a completely different person. <laughs> and people who haven't seen him since, you know, yeah. before lockdown are like, what? Whoa. And, and I think it's also like this bizarre marker of time because yeah. they're like, wait a second, he's two and a half? Like, yeah. in my mind, he's eternally six months old and it's yeah. like no 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 like time has gone on <laughs> yeah can I ask how sick are you of hearing that because I say that like when when school started back up and I like arrive with my youngest at school who's, who, who went from kindergarten to second grade and there are all these parents who when we all met two years ago were either pregnant or just had a baby yes. and so I'm seeing them and I'm like I'm doing that. I'm like, oh my God, that is a person now. Yes. And I think, so how annoying is that now? Do you like, are, I mean, it's probably cute the first time where you're like, yeah, look at him. Look how different <laughs> he is now. But like, after a while. I, I mean, should... I don't know. I wouldn't say it's <laughs> annoying because it it is sometimes good to just like have that perspective yeah. because also like I was in the house with him for quite some time and so I didn't see those like incremental changes yeah so I know he is different now obviously and when I look at pictures of him from you know a year and a half ago I'm like whoa that is a different person but (laughs) you know it 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 happens so gradually when you're in it and so it is it is kind of fun sometimes to see people who haven't seen him for so long because it is jarring and I do the same thing I do the same thing with friends who like I'm like wait wait a second like oh you were Uh, and that's like because that kid is like a year and a half now yeah you know, and then you're yeah, like, Yeah, or oh. like, and again, with all the like tweens and teens that I have lurking mm-hmm. about this house, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Somebody hit you with the puberty stick and like went to town. Like where yeah. you were like, I saw you and now I, wow. Yeah. And I feel like actually I, that's just got to be so fucked up for kids who are of that age. It's look, how about this? All kids having super fucked up experiences right now yeah okay but this is making me think of something related to your book so okay okay the new memoir thanks for waiting the joy and weirdness of being a late bloomer i'm gonna like probably rudely nutshell it by saying it's go for (laughs) it it's like essentially looking at like these milestones in relation to our age milestones that we're supposed to be hitting and what your experiences were like when you when you just stopped hitting those milestones. Mm-hmm. And I really want to talk about the memoir, but in the time that I've been thinking about milestones, and I do want to talk to you in particular about those types of pressures as a kid, how they mm-hmm. started, where those were planted. I'm also now suddenly thinking about something that wouldn't be in the book, mm-hmm. which is when you've got a kid... When a kid shows up in your house, milestones can become a big thing. And they can mm-hmm. become a big, like, self-judgment, judge others, like, marker. Like, what do you mean yours slept through the night? What do you mean yours is still mm-hmm. walking? What do you mean yours is potty trained? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and, and it's, but, so here's my question. Do you think that everybody being home, which if it didn't drive you, like, off, you know, a cliff, do you think that eased? Did you find that that eased 
those types of milestone moments because you weren't, or, or did it make it worse because you couldn't see other kids that were like all over the place? So it was actually both. Um, yeah. I remember I was in a, I was in a music class with Henry right before lockdown. Right. And I remember once one of the other moms turning to me and being like, so when did he start crawling? Like she she had this just like rapid fire yeah. sort of like when did I don't he start know how to this? talk to people? Like, yeah, and, and no, but this was before lockdown. No, this but I before. mean like yeah, but when you have a baby, you sometimes oh, yeah. forget those yes, skills. Yes, so yes, it's all exactly. like I don't baby milestone baby. Blah, blah, blah. Right? No, exactly. <laughs> and I was sort of like, oh, like I I was like frozen, didn't yeah. know what to say, and then I was like, oh fuck, it's gonna be you know five more years of people like this just yeah. constantly barraging me with questions, and so then. To be in lockdown and to not be around other people, there was something really nice about that, that there, you know, there was nothing, I didn't have to deal with any of that. By the same token, Henry had a speech delay. And... How would you know? (laughs) I I literally didn't. Yeah. Because he's our first kid. Yeah. And, you know, I also, like, I do try to be the parent who's like, Kids will do things on their own time in general. Now, I do think that that sometimes gets a little problematic when kids are not neurotypical because sometimes you do need intervention and it's hard to know. Like, (laughs) am I just being that like psycho parent who's like, oh my God, he didn't hit his milestone. Ah." Or is there like an actual issue that needs to be addressed here? Or am I the opposite, right? Where I'm the parent who's like, no, I promise I'm so cool. My kid's going to be fine. Right? Like this. Exactly. We we get all the extremes. Right. 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 So with Henry, you know, he really wasn't talking. He had a few words and some words that he had like made up to represent other mm-hmm. words. And I was kind of like, OK, like and we could un- we could like understand yeah. how he was communicating with us. And so I was like, OK, he's communicating even if he doesn't have like a vocabulary. Yeah. Then like a month or so before he turned two, I remember we did have like a playground play date with a couple of my friends who have kids yeah. around Henry's age. One of them was like speaking in full sentences and I was like, okay. To quote the bard. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally. Um, and then the other one wasn't, he wasn't speaking quite in full sentences, but he was like talking. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, okay. And then we had also just started doing a play group, a weekly play group, and I wasn't going to be able to continue over the summer. And the teacher kind of pulled me aside and she was like, I do want to recommend that, you know, Henry at least get evaluated. Yeah. And I was like, totally like, and then at that point we had already, you know, started the process, but it, that was actually kind of validating for me mm. because I was like, okay, like this was the one area where I was like, I actually think I, I do need yeah. to talk to someone, but yeah. it was totally because of the pandemic that I, didn't pick what? up on it for quite some time. But now, you know, he's been in speech therapy for a few months and now he's talking, he's talking, talking, talking. Talking, talking, talking. Yeah. That's great. But um, yeah, so definitely positives and I don't know, I don't want to say like negatives, but it was just like there, I had, a, I had different reactions to the experience of milestones in particular yeah. as regards the pandemic. Let's talk about milestones in relation to you because, okay. and I mean, I'm going to say it, women. Okay, yeah. Because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the things that you struggled with in your book, well, you didn't struggle in the book, but in life. (laughs) Sure. I, I, especially when it, it shifted into pregnant, marriage, pregnancy, birth, motherhood, a lot of messages and, and things that we all think we're supposed to like or be good at mm-hmm. or do by or mm-hmm. you know I, so I want to so I am going to say women in relation okay. to this book right. okay. because there are awful milestones for men too so let's yeah. just don't yeah. worry yeah. but that's yeah. not yeah. the memoir yeah so I want to start with where you start which is sort of when you were growing up as a kid mm-hmm. and like suddenly you've got siblings and mm-hmm. not just siblings but a sister and like Mm-hmm. This benchmarking that starts young, take us through some of that. Yeah. You know, 
I th- so I'm the oldest of three, and my brother is three years younger than me, and my sister is seven years younger. But, you know, I do feel like, and I was kind of a precocious child. Like, I write about this in the book. Yeah. I was always, like, you know, branded, gifted, quote, unquote. Right. And, you know. <laughs> which in those days, like, I was too. Which yeah. in those ages, because I'm 47. So in those ages, it was like, uh, we probably would have been called something else now. But, like, you know, it would have been diagnosed differently. But ours is basically give that kid some problems to solve in a room over there. Right. right. Like, no, literally. <laughs> literally. Like, okay, take them out of the classroom for yep. yes. two hours a week. And I was yes. like, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but I do I do feel like my, my parents, my mom especially, was, like, obsessed with how early I had done things. Um. And would like constant and kind of still constantly brings it up. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, how's having know, a I'm, kid help that? Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm, but I'm also kind of like, I've done other things. Like, no, you are. You walked really early. Right. That time that you ate that cracker long yeah, before. So that's every, a little yeah. like, okay, well, yeah, I guess I did know the alphabet young. Uh, (laughs) that's had a lot of bearing on the rest of my life (laughs) is it on your resume is it on okay good yeah so you know I do I do feel like I just sort of internalized a lot of that as like oh it's good to do things Mm -hmm. first it's good to be the fastest it's good to be the quickest and the smartest and all that kind of stuff and like you know I I don't like blame my parents for any of this. I think everyone is always just doing the best they can. Exactly. And, you know, my parents had three kids. Yeah. So. yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. I, Bye-bye. I have one and I can like barely <laughs> keep yeah. it together. So and I'm like. they were people as well with exactly. whatever things they were dealing with. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah do we, Yeah. So. Fair point. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I do just like kind of want to qualify it. But I, <laughs> but I do think that I. Like I said, I internalized a lot of that, um, yeah. whether or not my parents realized that that was what they sure. were doing, you know, and it took me a long time to sort of unlearn that. And also, I think that my feeling like I wasn't hitting milestones as an adult was sort of exacerbated by this feeling of like, oh, well, fuck, I like I used to be so yeah. ahead. I used to be. You I know, know what you're talking about. Yeah. So it got a little it got a little complicated. Well, and you also talk a little bit about, like, you were off to summer camp, and there was this notion of, like, learning what it meant to be a girl or be mm-hmm. a, right, like, these milestones. Because milestones, I think, I, I we're using milestones, but I have to say, I think it's not just about those markers. Like, yeah. I, it's about expectations. Totally. And, and I think that that's, those come in so many different forms for everybody. Yes. But there is that notion of the expectations of what a girl is, which then ties into what a teenage girl is, mm-hmm. which ties into what a 20-something and a th- mm-hmm. all mixed in with the other messages that we're getting. Yes. So was there a moment when you were writing the book where you're going through sort of the timeline for yourself that really struck a nerve where you were like, oh, God, that was a hard time. I was really caught up in that, like, as you reflect back on. Yeah, I mean, the whole book. <laughs> the whole book? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel Fair. like Fair. I, went, I went into writing a memoir very naively. Yeah. You know, I okay. obviously... <laughs> I had written a book. I had written a novel before. I knew the process of writing a book, but yeah. I had not. And I, you know, and I wrote, I've written so many personal essays and I've podcasts. Like, I'm not not used to putting myself out there. Like, yeah. that's not a problem. But 
writing a memoir and having to rehash all of these kind of painful episodes in your life over and over again in writing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, have somebody say, and then have people like be like, oh, is that what you did? Or yeah. like, can you make that better? Or well, take yeah, that out? Have my editor be editor. like, I need, I need you to be more vulnerable here. And I'm like, I am bearing my soul, yeah. okay? <laughs> Why did you write this book, Dory? Let's, we should jump back to that question before we get into what it resurfaced for you when were you like you know what i need to do i think i need to write a book well about all of this again this was my naivete okay (laughs) so picture it i i finally get pregnant yep i proceed to have like a horrible first Uh trimester of debilitating nausea where like i can't get out of bed and then, like, the clouds sort of part. And by the middle of my second trimester, oh, like, yeah. I'm feeling great. <laughs> like, I'm, like, ready to take on the world. And at that point, I was like, I should write a book. Yeah. And nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to stop me. Like, yeah. I got this all yeah. under control. And so I put together this I learned proposal. the alphabet when I was really right, young. Exactly. <laughs> I can do this. So I put together this proposal. My agent sells it Mm. and I start working on it. And then, and I think we sold it in February. And then in April, I had a baby. Oh my God. Now, yeah. Look, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying everybody having a, when a baby comes into your house, everyone has a different experience. Yes. But I will say that when they are, very young and your body if you have if a baby comes into your house through your body then we tend to speaking of expectations think that you're just bounced back the next day and you're ready to go both mentally and physically and if there is one takeaway from this show (laughs) from all the years of doing it that is a lie it's not even a myth it's just a thought out lie it's a flat-out lie and I'm so glad that you brought up the the mental aspect of it too because in my head I think I had been like okay I know physically I might not feel so great for a few weeks but like I didn't think about the fact that mentally I was gonna be pretty out of it yeah and added to the fact that I ended up having an emergency c-section and Basically, like, could barely get out of, again, get out of bed, bed. because, like, I had no stomach muscles. You had a surgery. <laughs> right. I'd had major surgery where baby. my organs were removed from my body <laughs> and a baby. And a baby. And then, like, breastfeeding was really hard yeah. for me. And it was just, like, all these things. <laughs> and and so finishing this book that I had sold became, like, number 3,000 on my yeah. list of things to do. And then... I would say around the time that I stopped breastfeeding, which mm-hmm. was when Henry was about seven months old, yeah, that was when I finally started to feel like some of the mental fog was clearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but really, I, it took that I'm, long I'm still... to even start. You know exactly. Like I yeah. don't even. I feel like around when he turned two, I I did mm-hmm. really start feeling. Like yep. myself, quote unquote. But yeah. when I stopped breastfeeding was kind of the beginning of yeah. like. Well, it's, 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 I hate, I'm going to say, I hate something you just said. That notion of back or my same self or feeling like my old mm-hmm. self. It's like, I have found that that is a, a setup, right? Mm-hmm. To then, then feel like the old Lucy ball out like later, yep. right? Like yep. but it's a signed contract. It's a yep. signed document. But the moment you stop breastfeeding is symbolic, I think, mentally of a detachment of some kind. Like it's a little, it's a little regaining of self. Yes. You know, now not a lot, but it's a little. And then like yes. two is another big moment of like there's a little more independence mm-hmm. and it's not, but like, yes, like it's all like one step forward, two steps back kind of thing. Yes. But I totally get the like Okay, your brain, you have more lucid moments than more, like, why did I put the peanut butter in the freezer moments, you know? Totally. Yeah. And just having to think about my 
boobs all the uh, time. I know. <laughs> no know? one wants to do that. No. It's like all the time. Such a drag. You can so anyway, go. yeah. Yeah. So so then I was like, okay, I need to just really start working on this book again. So I sent Sorry, this is so long-winded, no, but it's what fine. ended up what ended up happening was I sent my editor about 100 pages and she was kind of like mm. <laughs> <laughs> You're like baby 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 baby. Yeah. <laughs> I tired, 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 tired. Tired. Where are yeah. my keys? I mean, kind yeah. of. And yeah. so I kept trying to work on it. It wasn't it was supposed to be a book of essays also. I'd sold yeah. it as a book of essays. And then finally around like May, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to write this. I might just have to like give back my advance, rip yeah. up the contract and like be done with it. And so my sort of my Hail Mary was I reached out to this woman who is like a developmental editor, like an outside editor. Yeah. And I said, hey, do you have any time to work with me? I like I'm desperate. Mm-hmm. And she said, yes, I have. I actually have six weeks in like from like July, mid-July to like end of August that I can wow. work with you. So I sent her my manuscript and she and I was I was fully prepared for her to be like, you know what? You're right. Like this yeah. is not salvageable. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry. Sorry. Um, and no. instead she said, you know, this I don't think this is a book of essays. I think this is a memoir. And I was like, okay. Like, I had not thought I was going to write a memoir. I thought I was going to write a book of, like, loosely connected essays around a theme. Yes. Yes. And suddenly. That is a different model. That is a different model. So suddenly I had to, you know, I had to come up with a narrative. And it's a very different book. And so I completely reworked it into a memoir in six weeks. Wow. And then, which was crazy and then sent it to my editor who was like okay like this she was basically like okay this I can work with yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so if I think back you know I really was working on it the hardest those six weeks it was like the height of the pandemic last summer like I wasn't leaving my house yeah what was I doing and so I think I was able to just sort of focus. Then in the midst of revisions, like my final revisions, my husband got COVID. <gasps> oh, God. And How that dare was, he? Yeah. That oh, was just that's... not something I had been anticipating. Mm. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to have a nanny for most of the pandemic. And so that was why I was even able to get any work done because my husband was also working Working, full time on a set. So he was not even... He was not available for yeah. childcare, and now when he got COVID, he like really wasn't really available can't for childcare help. Yeah. <laughs> and our nanny wasn't coming, obviously, because well, right. someone had COVID, COVID in the house. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> that was just an insane, truly insane two weeks where I just like I don't even I don't know how I yeah. finished it, but well, uh, you know, that's you it. did it. I did it. You did it. I did it. Well, so let's go back to the question of. The process of looking back, right? Like the process of reliving this. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's actually kind of fascinating to be on the other side of this reflection, but with a kid now and all that comes with that. And like, I guess I'd like to sort of end on hearing, hearing you talk a little bit about what you can feel at least today because it changes all the time, mm-hmm. what you're taking away from this now. Like, to be a late bloomer, to, I mean, are milestones still important, but not in the sense of when you hit them? Or, like, what's your takeaway from this at this point? Yeah. Well, I think one of my biggest takeaways has been developing so much more empathy for my younger self. Oh, you know what? That's hard to do. Uh-huh. Can I tell you that's yeah <laughs> that's really really hard and I and now I'm going to interrupt you again because it is so hard because I think it's I I wonder sometimes if it's almost easier I can forgive really young I can forgive tween mm-hmm. and teen and mm-hmm. all those mistakes mm-hmm. but the twenties and the thirties and maybe even two years ago right, right. like there right. are right. there are moments right. where I still really beat myself up yeah. For 
for things that yeah. felt right at the time. So yeah, yeah, that's hard to do. How are you? Are you doing it? Are you? I mean, I think I had to write a memoir that <laughs> was really hard to write in order to do it. Yeah. Because writing the memoir helped me, and this is something I say in Forever 35 all the time, but it really yeah. helped me reframe the narrative of like my own life. Yeah, kind of, you know, all these stories I had been telling myself about myself, I was able to look at with like a little bit of perspective Mm. and just from a different place. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I just had so much more, like I said, empathy for that person I used to be who was like young and confused and like didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. (laughs) Well, or is trying to follow a playbook that's yes. not really written for anybody. Yes, you know? exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that's that's been one big takeaway. I think the other takeaway is like, if having milestones is something that like brings you comfort, then by yeah. all means, like have those milestones in mind. But I do think I would love for it to just become more of like an individual thing, not something where we feel we quote unquote should be doing things at a certain time because of these like invisible pressures that we're feeling. Yeah. And so for me, that just meant doing a lot of like introspection. And, you know, I think as someone who I'm, it's funny because I'm not a, I'm not really a people pleaser, but I do feel like I feel peer pressure sure. and I have and I have bad FOMO. And so ah. kind of like <laughs> letting that go yeah. uh, has been I think has been healthy for me, but hard for sure. It, it's going to be I, I think what it's going to wind up proving to be is incredibly helpful as you move forward with kids in your house as a parent so. I hope yeah. so too I mean like it, and it's because that is you know everybody's experience is different and it's good and it's bad and it's both all at the same time and you get to have both all at the same time but like to already have a little built-in forgiveness mm. <laughs> for yourself yeah that's a gift that like you know I I think I know I'm always still trying to remind myself and work on and I love the idea of a spin and I'm just going to say before I say goodbye to you one of my favorite parts in this book is you you and your partner Matt were like really really I'm going to say struggling with the infertility not per se the infertility but the whole process of like and there's this moment where he says to you well what if we don't have kids what if we have dogs you know and you're like I always wanted to grow up and have a big piece of land with dogs on it and like just how that moment of changing the story a little bit for yourself like made such a difference and I just I want to tell you how much I appreciate you sharing in particular that moment because it's there are a lot of other moments in in this memoir but I just I liked that exchange between the two of you, and I really liked that reminder mm. that, you know, so, when those milestone or those what we're supposed to pressures are hitting, it's okay to remember the other yes. milestones we kind of wanted to have, and yes. those are okay, too, so yeah. valid. Yeah. So I, not only do I appreciate you sharing that, but all that you shared in oh, thank you. this memoir and Congratulations Thank again. Thank you so much. And we will make sure everybody is ready for my joke. You all know where to buy books, but <laughs> we will still link you up where you can find out more about Thanks for Waiting, The Joy and Weirdness of Being a Late Bloomer. We'll also link you up to where you can find out if you aren't already listening to Forever 35, uh, as well as where you can find out more about Dory. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh my gosh, thank you. This was so fun. We will hopefully talk to you again. Third time's the charm. You are doing a great job. Thank you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by StoryWorth. This holiday season, give your loved ones a gift that makes them feel special and unique, just like the relationship you share. Gift them StoryWorth. 
I have talked about StoryWorth. This is an awesome gift idea. Every week, StoryWorth emails your relative or friend a thought-provoking question of your choice from a huge pool of possible options. After one year, StoryWorth will compile all of your loved one's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book. It is a wonderful opportunity for us to collect and gather family stories, friend stories, just stories that maybe we don't have the clearest memory of anymore as we get older. And it's a great thing to pass down to other generations. Go to storyworth.com slash badmother and save $10 on your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash badmother to save $10 on your first purchase. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Billy. The seasons may be changing, but your self-routine care shouldn't have to. Freshly shaved skin feels good in any weather. I might have foregone my uh, shaving routines a while ago. And then I got Billy. It actually (laughs) has made me want to start keeping it neat again, especially around the ankles, which peek out in my California roll-ups. Don't suffer another second paying for a pink tax for a bad shave. Go to mybilly.com slash mother to get the best razor you will ever own while supporting the show. Billy is half the price of other razors, plus free shipping always. Go to mybilly.com slash mother. Spelled mybillie dot com slash mother. That's mybilly.com slash mother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time! Genius fail time! Genius me, me. Wow. Oh my god. Oh my god. I saw what you did. Oh my god. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my god, that's fucking genius. I will. Okay, it was Monday. The Monday after school Halloween and home Halloween. I was broken and tired. (laughs) My little body... My little body was very tired and sore. Stefan took the kids to school. I was alone in the house, on the couch, still in sweatpants and a t-shirt, had my coffee, and I thought, I don't want to move. And for a while, I haven't been a big TV watcher recently. No particular reason. I just don't want to really sit and commit. But I said, you know what? CSI Vegas is back. Now, before children, I watched a lot of CSI. And then I had children, and I didn't want to see another naked dead woman on television for entertainment. So I stopped watching it. But something in me said, no, no, this is how you used to recuperate. (laughs) And I found it, and I watched four back-to-back episodes of the relaunch of CSI Vegas with Grisham and Sarah and Brass and a great new cast. And I lay there. And not only did I feel the experience I used to feel pre-kids, like resting on the couch and like chilling out. I felt that. It felt so good. I, I just, it was just so nice. I just let myself. It was so good. It was so good, guys. I felt like a genius. Hi, Des and Teresa. This is a genius. I am really, really excited about this, and I wanted to share it in case it helps anybody else. So we have been trying to get our six-year-old to memorize her phone number, our phone number, so that if anything happens, if she gets lost, she knows it. And getting a six-year-old to focus on anything can be a challenge, uh, but we made our phone number her iPad passcode, and she learned it in less than 24 hours. So that's my genius. I feel like the smartest person in the world, and my six-year-old knows her phone number. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Oh, yeah. I 
Love this genius. And it's not the first time we've had a genius similar to this. But it's so good, I felt we needed a reminder. Because, you know, we're way past 400 episodes in. Sometimes you got to, like, bring back some of the classics. And (laughs) I just love, I love using technology to really serve us as parents. And I think you're a genius for doing this. And this is how I'm going to get my kids to memorize all sorts of important numbers or words. Because, you know, you can make it a word, you know, or is that just old? Anyway, whatever. You can do it. You're doing a remarkable job. Good job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, me. Okay. This is simple. I'll keep it simple and sweet. It's a week after Halloween. We still have a ton of Halloween candy in the house because I bought back some of the kids' Halloween candy because, I mean, Raiden had a pillowcase, for God's sakes. And the woman next door (laughs) was calling Ellis over. Clearly, they didn't want to do trick-or-treating, so they just called Ellis and Ellis' two friends over and literally dumped bowls of candy in their bag. And we were like, what's happening? Anyway, uh, so there's a lot of candy in the house. I bought a bunch. That's in a bin. Uh, That should have moved on to somebody's office, okay, or workspace by this point in time, but it had not. And yesterday, after 7 o'clock at night, I am an old lady. Sorry. I am a mature woman whose body does not process sugar like it once did. And I ate way too much candy. Last last night, this is a full week after Halloween, I ate too much and then I went to bed and I like in the middle of the night, like the headache, the like burgeoning, like horrible headache started and I just lay there thinking this, yeah, I know what this is. This is the M&M's, the Reese's peanut butter cups, the next bag of peanut M&M's, another bag of peanut M&M's. Uh, and there were other things that I just shoved the wrappers in my pockets, like on the couch. I don't really remember. It was a lot, and I suffered, and it was, and I am to blame. I am to blame. Hello, I have a fail that no one will give a shit about, so I'm calling you to tell you, because you will care. Yeah, we were going to, how do I start? We were going to the beach, and we were going to have, like, a little picnic-y, like, snack, and just hang out on the beach and play, and... I was <laughs> I was packing <laughs> snacks, right, to, like, picnic and have snackies on the beach. Uh-huh. I was putting them all in a reusable bag. This sounds smart so far, right? I yeah. had a little, there were, like, you know, salami and, like, little crackers and blah, blah. And um, so I thought, oh, what goes great with that, this little pack of olives that I have. Well, the little pack of olives that I have doesn't feel and I literally had them in my hand and was putting them in the bag and going, this is a bad idea. These are probably going <laughs> to spill. This is a bad idea. Truly, as I w- as my hand was reaching in to put them in the bag, and somehow I did it anyway, I'm not re- – I couldn't tell you how that happened. <laughs> I don't know why those synapses didn't connect. Um, but they didn't, and so I knew it was a bad idea, and I put it anyway, and needless to say, I mean, everybody knows where it's going. There's fucking oil, because it's like, it's olive in oil, you know, yeah. like those little packs yeah. that you can get, and there's just oil all over my car. It's, like, uh. obviously in the reusable bag, and it, like, mm. seeped into the side of the reusable mm. bag, because it's not, like, a mm-hmm. super plasticky one. It's more of, like, a thin one. There's, like, oil all over the mat in my car. And it's not like, mm-hmm. oh, it's olive oil, like, extra virgin olive oil. Like, that shit smells like all, like, my car is briny now. Like, my, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That's that. And also, I mean, along with that, everything that was in the bag got oil on yeah. it. So, yeah. <sighs> I was just thinking, oh, so I'm sad about that. I'm not even sad about it. That's not what it is. I'm more just, like, ugh. <laughs> oh, fuck, there's a dog. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like, ugh, you know, like, oh, I just don't want to clean that up, so I'm just not doing, just not doing <laughs> it. We'll see when I do it, but for now, I'm just like, no. So anyway, that's my dumb fail, and thank you so much. Bye. I could listen to you talk about olives all day, all day. Ah.
know, there's so many things to this fail. I especially like the part where you're like, it's in your hand and it's going in and you know it's a mistake. That is a real place. I've done, you know, everybody knows I've done it with the like water or milk into the coffee bean grinder as opposed to the coffee machine. And I watch myself do it. Like I watch my hand go forward and I think, look at that. And then I see the water and I go, that, why is it pouring? Look at it, it's just going right in there. And I'm not even stopping. I'm just letting it run its course. I'm just going to pour it all out, all at once in there. And that's like the olives. Why am I doing this? You know, nothing works when kids get in your house. There's, there's a part of you that's maybe forever broken, or maybe it's just a broken piece that moves around like a transient type of broken that shows up in different ways. I like, I, I'm still trying to figure out how so much oil got in so many places uh, that you just, I mean, I understand. I was with you with the small pack that wasn't resealable. So you, you put an open bag of olives in, not a Tupperware container, but a Ziploc, right? And then you put that in your other bag. But somehow this is like all over the car and like all over so many places. I don't, I don't know how that happened, but I'm going to have great dreams tonight imagining like how all those steps played out this is going to be how i drift off tonight this is going to be my sleep meditation you were doing a horrible job just you know it just functioning just like functioning as as like an imitation of the person you once were <laughs> you are the greatest mom i've ever known It's me, Dave Hill, from before, here to tell you about my brand new show on Maximum Fun, The Dave Hill Good Time Hour, which combines my old Maximum Fun show, Dave Hill's Podcasting Incident, with my old radio show, The Goddamn Dave Hill Show, into one new futuristic program from the future. If you like delightful conversation with incredible guests, technical difficulties, and actual phone calls from real-life listeners, you've just hit a street called easy. I'm also joined by my incredible co-host, the boy criminal Chris Gersbeck. Say hi, Chris. Hey, Dave. It's really great That's to... That's enough, Chris. And New Jersey chicken rancher, Des. Say hi, Des. Hey, Dave. The Dave Hill Good Time Hour. Brand new episodes every Friday on Maximum Fun. Plus, the show's not even an hour. It's 90 minutes. Take that, stupid rules. We nailed it. Hi, I'm Annabelle Gerwich. And I'm Laura House. And we're the hosts of Tiny Victories. My tiny victory is that I sewed that button back on the day after it broke. We talk about that little thing that you did that's a big deal to you, but nobody else cares. Did you get that Guggenheim Genius Award? We don't want to hear from you. We want little bitty tiny victories. My tiny victory is a tattoo that I added onto this past weekend. Let's talk about it. My victory is that I'm one year cancer free, but my tiny victory is that I took all of the cushions off the couch, pounded them out, put them back, and it looks so great. So if you're like us and you want to celebrate the tiny achievements of ordinary people, listen to Tiny Victories. It's on every Monday on Maximum Fun. All right, everyone. Let's settle down and listen to a mom have a breakdown. This is a rant. I'm going to try really hard not to cry so hard that I am unintelligible. I'm going to work at it, but I am crying, so we'll see if it works. Um, just finished my daughter's IEP meeting for preschool, and I'm fine with the fact that she's using IEP as way to preschool, mostly. I mean, that's a different crying rant. I can do that one another day. The one I wanted to do is that parenting is stupid. Oh. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that I heard she could go to preschool up to four days a week, and, and I work two days a week. I, I was like, oh, that could mean I have a day. Where, or multiple days where she's at school and I'm at home. But it works out that there aren't any days of the week when she and I are just at home anymore. Starting in two weeks. 
I've been a stay-at-home parent for, well, a part-time stay-at-home parent for 18 months. And I thought I'd be happy. Like, I get I get time to myself. That's a good thing, right? I get to, I get to be alone. This is my parenting is stupid because, like, I need the time to myself. But the idea that I don't get any days Oh, just her and I anymore. It's just making me want to stop. So, that's where I'm at. Oh. So, I'm going to spend the next two weeks really enjoying the days we have. Before she starts being a kid who goes to school, when the fuck did that happen? Anyway, thanks for having a hotline where I can call and cry. Oh. are doing such a good job oh my gosh mama you're doing such a good job oh so much here and and for you to be clever enough to to really pick the correct label which is parenting is stupid is just spot on you are right I I just I really love you. And listening to you reminds me of the times where, like, back in the time before when One Bad Mother used to go do live shows and we'd, like, be in a room with all these, you know, OBMs and somebody would share, fail, and, like, there was just this collective, like, hug agreement. Like, there was this collective emotional, like, no matter what the fail was, Yes, there was some giggles because I always think of the scene from Castaway where Tom Hanks is working so hard to get that fire to work and then like it goes out and and my sister and I laughed really hard at that moment and not because we're monsters, but because of that like feeling of trying and it not working, right? So like the giggles sort of come from that because we've all been there. Plus this like, yeah, parenting's stupid. Yeah, it's dumb. Yeah, it's hard. You, I, I could just, I'm just so reminded of how universal this is. You are not alone. There, this is what, we just got through talking to Dory about this. These like expectations of what we're supposed to be like feeling or just, oh, once you go, once your kids go to preschool ha then you get your life back (laughs) okay sure that has yet to happen there's that like oh you're finally gonna get some time alone how exciting well we already know that no one knows what to do with free time anymore like that skill has left us and this notion that it just goes back to the whole Beginning conversations of, of this entire lifespan of this show, this notion that it's supposed to be one or the other, and that is not what it is. You can be absolutely keenly aware of the benefits that having some time to yourself is going to provide, and you can be heartbroken that your baby is going off to school and that you're not going to get to spend that same time. Those two things get to exist in the same universe. And you get to have some days where where you're not supposed to feel bad about being okay being by yourself and your kid being in school. And you also get to be okay on the days where you're beating yourself up for not taking advantage of your time by yourself. <laughs> I mean, like... It is stupid. It is stupid. It's all stupid. And you're doing an amazing job. And the way you feel is exactly the right way for you to feel. You are doing a great job. And I see you. And this hotline is here for all those other things you listed that might make you cry. We'll be here for that too. You are doing a great job. All right, everybody, listen up. You're doing a great job. If we have to be reminded over and over again that we get to feel both, whatever both is, whether it's not liking being a parent while at the same time loving being a parent while not 
you know, like uh, Dory talks about in her book, not instantly like feeling that connection with her baby when they give her the baby at the hospital, right? Like, and I, I had that same experience, but there's this like guilt of feeling like I didn't feel instead I'm supposed to like, whatever, I don't know, be BFFs like right then, right? Like, yes, I love my child. That doesn't mean I like all things have clicked into place. And I think that's true about like, yes, I want my child to go to school. Yes, I can't wait to have some time for myself. That doesn't mean you also want to like cling to your child's leg for the rest of their life, right? Until they're walking down the aisle when it's really weird. From our woo check-in, so excited. <laughs> Kids are back in school all the way through Dory and to our rant call with I don't want my kid back in school. Like, this is it. This is what I mean. This is what our caller meant. Parenting is stupid and it's messy and it's not what the books say or the TV shows say or what your mother said or what your grandmother said or what some lady on the bus says or what you think you're supposed to do. It's each person's unique journey, okay? And you're all doing a really good job. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.